Welcome to This Girl Puts Out. I'm your host, Carm Macaretta, and I interview real women with real stories about real life stuff. I'm inviting you to laugh, cry, and connect with my guests as they share some of their most impactful life experiences, from their brightest moments to their darkest hours. For more stories and an opportunity to share your own, visit me at thisgirlputsout.com. Welcome to This Girl Puts Out. Thanks for joining us. Today I want you to meet someone who's had a great impact on her community in a variety of ways. As a mother, a wife, an author, and a healthcare provider. She has so much to share with us in terms of our health and her journey to entrepreneurship, and she is sure to inspire and inform us today. I'd like you to meet my friend and colleague, Catherine Stack. She is the owner, facilitator, and a doctor of naturopathy at Journey to Health, LLC, uh, in Niagara Falls, New York. And along with her naturopathic practice that specializes in colon health and bioidentical hormone replacement, she is a practicing midwife at a local hospital. Uh, Catherine writes articles for local, national, and international publications, and she's written two books. Uh, Her first book, which is an award-winning book available on Amazon called Free Yourself from a Constipated Life, and then her most recent publication called Push, Labor and Delivery from the Inside Out. We're going to give you all Kathy's information at the end of the podcast, so we hope you hang in there with us, and I'd like to welcome Kathy to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Me. Yeah, this is um, this is fun, and we're actually sitting together instead of me in my closet and, <laughs> and doing this yeah. by Zoom, so it's even more enjoyable. Um, so, Kathy, we're going to go back to the beginning, and we're going to talk about your um, your journey to nursing. So, um, did you always want to be a nurse growing up? Um, actually, um, I always liked the healthcare field, but actually I wanted to be a marine biologist. I love the ocean. I love dolphins, sharks, anything ocean. Um, I grew up on Long Island, so I had plenty of exposure, but then I had a very, um, gentle nudge from an uncle of mine who was a marine biologist and said, Kath, you know, for your future, why don't you pursue and go the nursing route? And, um, because it's probably... It's always going to be a struggle in marine biology, landing the right job, getting paid above minimum wage. So I'm very grateful at this time, not at that time, for my uncle's gentle nudge into nursing, um, which I have no regrets, not one, not ever, not not any time. So he must have been a pretty influential person in your life. He was. He was, but he was from a distance. I I saw him maybe once or twice a year. Mm -hmm. Um, But because he had pursued the career that I wanted desperately as Mm -hmm. a marine biologist, Mm -hmm. um, you know, but his, his nudge really sent me in the right direction. Yeah. We all have an aunt or an uncle that's our go-to, don't we? That that can help us like more than our parents. So that's great. So you went to nursing school, Mm -hmm. you became a nurse, Mm -hmm. you started to work. And where were you at with your family during all this? So I actually was married very young. Um, I got married my senior year at college. I went to Niagara University. I got married then. I got landed a job almost immediately Mm -hmm. at St. Mary's Hospital, worked there for a few years four or five years as an RN, so I had experience, med surge, um, uh, a little ICU, a little bit of ER, and then just fell in love. I knew I loved labor and delivery from nursing school, and then just kind of attacked that career path and and landed there. Yeah. So um, before you went back to complete your education in midwifery, did you have kids at that point when you went back to school? Were yeah. you trying to juggle everything? Yes, because I had married young, I started having mm-hmm. a family young. So I was in my um, early 20s when I had my children, um, so that by the time they were grade school age mm-hmm. and off to school, I was 10 years into my career um, and then decided to go back to midwifery school because mm-hmm. it was partly online mm-hmm. and partly clinical. And I'm like, I can do this. Yeah. Um, you know, working part-time as a nurse, uh, the kids are off to school. Now you have a whole bunch of time on your hands and, you know, cleaning the house in detail or shopping is not anything mm-hmm. I desired. So I 
put it to good use, went back to midwifery school, um, and and then I went from there. So yeah. it worked out. The timing was perfect. Yeah, yeah, because it's hard to do school, small kids, and work. It's a tough. It's a tough juggling act. Yes, it is. Yeah. yeah. It is. Um, so, at what point did you realize that you had an entrepreneurial spirit and that you wanted to do something else? <laughs> Probably even before that, I remember um, having this brainstorm of an idea, not mm-hmm. really, of writing inspirational quotes on rocks and because and mailing them out as inspiration. And so I feel like. Not that it worked out, but I always feel like I always have a little of that in me. And that by trial and error, you kind of, you know, your plans and your entrepreneurship just got bigger mm-hmm. and grander. Mm-hmm. Um, you also find out, I feel like um, if you, as an entrepreneur, you find out a lot quicker what you don't want in your life by default. So, mm-hmm. for example, I opened up a retail shop. Um, and it had natural supplements in it, and I love people, and I wanted to help them live a more natural life, healthy life. This is even before I went back to school for um, naturopathic medicine. But uh, what I did find out is I hate retail. I mean, just to sit me in a retail retail shop, yeah. um, that wasn't it for me. So, so it's just steps you take, and and you still have that mentality, and you just grow it yeah. and cultivate it where you want it to go. So, yeah, we had talked about this um, during our failed podcast um, <laughs> about you know the human's natural tendency to want to grow and want to enrich, but you seem to have always had the. Um, tendency to move towards something with caring for people mm-hmm. it sounds like inspiring yeah helping so, yes it was always inbred and and even as a nurse I always felt there was more as a midwife I kind of felt there was something more out there yeah. for me I felt like I'm not done yet I'm not done yet I'm not done yet and uh, and then I would have never ever in my life been an author I would have been voted least likely to ever write a book in in high school. So that's just bizarre how that rolls yeah. out. But if you just keep following it um, and and walking through the doors mm-hmm. that are presented to you in your life and opportunity, even though it wasn't what you thought, you know, right. was going to happen, um, you know, it good, just good opens things. up a whole thing. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes we're just, um, especially when you're in that path of working, going to school, and you're on that train, sometimes you're just not open to seeing what the universe is throwing in front of you. And you can't, you can't, it's just something needling in, in on your brain, but you, you can't even stop for a second to breathe and figure out what it is. So um, I'm glad you were able to listen to yourself and, and figure out what was going on. Um Tell us about Journey to Health, what you do here, and then um, we'll talk about, you know, obstacles to maybe sure. setting up your business. Sure. Um, well, I always say my, my saying is if you can establish a business in New York State, you can do it anywhere on the planet, I am sure. Because, I believe that. Yes. Uh, <laughs> the obstacles that New York State puts you through are it's an incredible um yeah, it's an obstacle course, mm-hmm. and it's it's one that you kind of learn as you go. Mm-hmm. So it's it's not easy, and it's a lot of work. And I think a lot of people, once you get through that, though, um, I feel like you become empowered mm-hmm. because that was such a, a thing. Um, but Journey to Health, um, we established in 2007. I drove by an old beat-up building, which was once a um, funeral home. Uh-huh. And I'm like, oh, that would kind of be a cool business. Um, And at the time, I remember thinking, well, I have no money to buy a building, much less renovate a building. Um, So I didn't know where to start. So I took a little course at the SBA, uh, Small Business Association, in how to start up a business. Because in all my healthcare training, nobody ever teaches you how to... Um, start a business or anything about business and I think a lot of people fail because they don't do their homework they have this vision of what they do and they do so well and yet they don't put that other piece into the mix so I had to learn about what I didn't really want to know but um, you have to do it so I went to a course and I learned about how to start a business and that put me in touch with people who taught me how to write a business plan um, which was torturous for somebody who doesn't like all that detail. Um, but I did it, and it was a good process to walk through. Um, so I did it, went to the banks. I was rejected 
over and over and over again. And, um, and then I, that is when I read a book, The Secret, mm -hmm. which is getting pretty old now. Um, and I would say that was a pivotal change in my whole life. Uh, I read that book. I kind of felt it, applied it. I just knew that this vision of people walking into a building that smelled good, felt good, and had a lot of healing was going to be what what is to come. I just didn't know how everything was going to fall into place. Um, and out of the blue came a man who said, hey, how about if I buy the building? And I had known him. Um, he was an acquaintance of mine that, you know, we, we saw each other socially at times. And he said, how about if I buy the building, we'll renovate it, and then you pay me rent for a couple of years, and then you take the building because now you're an established business. So um, that's exactly what happened. It it kind of fell into place so fast. My head mm -hmm. was spinning. I had always imagined to finish my ND degree before this was completed. And actually the reverse happened. I had the building, the practice up before I even had finished that last degree. So it, it just things just happened. Yeah. Yeah. They fell out of the sky yeah. from the universe. <laughs> Pretty much. And I'm glad it didn't depend on my planning yeah. because I would have had it all wrong. Yeah. So there's a part of you that just has to open up and allow things to happen. And I think a lot of people have so many controls on mm -hmm. what they're doing and they only know one way or the highway. And I feel that puts up roadblocks, many of them. Mm -hmm. And you'll stumble, stumble, stumble. Mm -hmm. And I, I feel like when you open up your horizon and understand you might not know how it's going to happen, um, it just allows for a lot more doors mm -hmm. to open for you. You bring up a couple of good points about um, having a business. Um, I think that you have to, you have to know the business end. To, to fully be responsible and accountable for your business. Um, that's really important. I, so, And it's an area I feel like I'm still weak. It's not mm -hmm. my strength. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it just isn't. It, that, it, that part was probably the biggest struggle for me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I think of businesses, you know, people that I know who've been in business who have the rug pulled out from under them because they weren't on top of you know, financial things or our process things that, that you should know if it's your business, if it's your name. If you had asked me in the first two years, um, or if you, if we had done this in mm -hmm. the first two years, I probably would have sat here and cried with you. Um, because I, I just kept saying to myself, what did I get myself into? Like, what am I doing? I can barely pay these bills. Um, I, I questioned going from working three 12 hour shifts a week and having all this magnificent time on my hands to drowning um, in time. So there's definitely growing pains with mm -hmm. any business, mm -hmm. I think. Um, and if you think that won't happen, I, I, you know, that's unrealistic sometimes. And then there is something to be said. Okay, five years down, we're in five years. At some point, you're like, okay, that's a huge accomplishment yeah. in a business to cross that five-year mark. So so there was these little steps that was like, okay, I'm still here. It's yeah. still up. I'm still managing. Yeah. Um, and, and when you meet with people one-on-one, -on -one, they fill your soul up. And, and they're the only things in that moment. And... And it still made you feel so good. So you, I, you just keep going. So the people were actually your why, the yes. why you did it, right? Yes. So, so I've heard from other business owners that when you're at those low points, you have to keep going back to the why. And you, the people kept you going. Your your clients, your patients, yes. they kept. You they going. did because yeah. there was there was a lot of success or a lot of aha moments. Mm -hmm. Because um, and the little secret to that is. When you walk through these doors, um, unfortunately or fortunately, depending how you look at it, insurance doesn't cover a lot of the services I provide mm -hmm. here. So people are walking in with the intention to do something um, to change how they are physically, mentally. Um, and so it's that intention, not not as much, you know, I'd like to give my service some credit, and, and it's my push, but it's their intention walking through that door. They're paying cash out of their pocket yes. that I feel makes the difference. Um, 
It, oh, it, definitely. It, a huge difference. And so the success rate is high because their intention, motivation is there. They came out of pocket. It's not just going to your doctor mm-hmm. and your insurance pays for all this. Mm-hmm. Um, so the setup actually helps the healing, too. It's a personal <clears throat> investment. Absolutely. Yeah. And the greatest one, yeah. actually. But I could see how that would make you feel a little bit more responsible to deliver, right? Uh-huh. I mean, their expectation is is high, right? Because they're making this personal investment. Right. So I would imagine, like, thinking as a healthcare provider, um, they're a little bit maybe more critical or expecting At- a little more. Okay, so this is a good direction to go in because <laughs> that's the, the sucky part of the business entrepreneur in me. I feel terrible that you're charging people out of pocket um, to be well. And it took me a long time to get over that obstacle um, because I always felt bad because there's a whole population mm-hmm. of people out there that I can help mm-hmm that just can't afford the services. And I just didn't know how to make that work. And then um, I had to take a step back and say, why are you responsible for the whole world? They mm-hmm. also create their own reality. They can be motivated. Mm-hmm. And if you know it's something they really, really want, they can make it work. So then I kind of eased up on myself. But sure. I do feel that uh, you know, it, it, being a healthcare provider and, you know, so it, that was definitely part of that whole business stuck piece yeah. for me, too. Yeah. So you've gone from, I mean, you started novice. We like that whole novice to expert continuum. Um, I mean, the self-doubt that <laughs> that follows us. Are you still feeling that today? Like, you know, I mean, you've been here since 2007. You're very well established. You're very well respected in the community. Um, You've helped a lot of people at this point. I mean, are you finally breathing? Yes. Yes. (laughs) Self-doubt. You know, like if if we were on camera right now, the big eye roll just came out of me. Absolutely. Um, And actually, you know, people think that you graduate from a program or you get through school and you've got it all on board. You have nothing on board when you come out of school. You literally, it's the scariest point in your life because now here you have this title and no experience. Um, And a lot of people expect a lot of you. Um, But coming out of school, you then have to build your paths. And for mine, a lot of it evolved. Um, I never thought I'd be doing colon hydrotherapy, um, helping people with their GI issues. No, I couldn't have even written that script. Mm -hmm. It's a path that you just, you you kind of became involved in and you found out, wow, I could help a ton of people. So a lot of my patients actually come to me after they've seen all the specialists Mm -hmm. um, and, and we do a really good job there, but I wouldn't have written that script. And the other path is, because I'm in women's health, uh, mostly delivering babies, people assume that their GYN doctors know all about hormones um, and and balance. And and when we get to that crazy middle-aged piece where we think we're losing our minds, we're not sleeping, we have an anxiety that was never there before. um, We're gaining weight. Yeah, we're gaining weight. So it's all part of a hormone imbalance. And you have to connect the dots. So you have to connect that thyroid piece, that hormone piece, the adrenal piece, because at that point in our lives, the hormone imbalance makes us feel stressed Mm -hmm. so much more than we would have when we were 28. Plus, life is happening. You know, our kids are teenagers or in college by then. Um, We're at a point where, what are we doing? Do Mm -hmm. we like what we do? What we do we like the relationship we're in? Um, so it's kind of like a cluster. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I just ended up being there as well. Yeah, and you didn't know. I mean, there's a lot we're taught in school, but there's a whole lot we're not taught. Oh. And our experience does teach us more than anything that we're given during our, our formal training. Mm-hmm. Um, so you went to get your uh, doctor in naturopathy. Yeah, yeah. And um, so that in uh made you feel comfortable enough to be talking about hormones were you doing the hormone work before the nd um you know what um yes well and and the funny thing about new york state is as an nd or naturopathic Mm -hmm. doctor i have no prescribing privileges none zero zilch it's not really recognized 
Um, but as a certified nurse midwife, like you, um, as a nurse practitioner, I do have the ability to prescribe. As a midwife, I do not have to be under a physician. And um, so I already had prescriptive privileges. Mm -hmm. So the evolution of my career actually had a very, very, very important role here because I would not be able to do the hormone replacement mm -hmm. and help people with their hormones if I didn't have prescribing privileges. So if I hadn't been a midwife first, mm -hmm. I wouldn't have been able to do mm -hmm. this in this setting. Um, so when you look back, medical school would have been the faster path compared to how <laughs> I did it. <laughs> you know, because this was 11 years of yeah. building, but it happened at yeah. my pace. Yeah. Um, and I feel like that was the most important. So back to the question where you said you self-doubt. I'm like, well, am I good enough to do this? But then somebody said, but Kath, you've been in school forever, and you've just built off of it. So in a way, I feel like I have a little bit of a foundation for the paths mm -hmm. I've taken. So yeah, so that self-doubt starts to go away. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, it's funny how, though, you can be in a field for a very long time, and still, you know, that self-doubt can creep in, um, but we don't let it cripple us anymore at this point in our careers, right? Mm -hmm. I think we know that that voice is always there. And so, you right. Do, and, and, when, and when you come in with a patient, so this patient, let's said patient will have a million diagno diagnoses, you know, mm -hmm. or like their list is long. And you're like, oh my gosh, why is this person coming to me? This is so complex, so deep. So, and I, and I still to this day get a little overwhelmed when I look at what's on the table here. Yeah. And I always have to remind myself, okay, cats, go back, go back, go back, go back. You're looking at all the pieces here, mm -hmm. but now let's take this person as a whole and start from scratch. And that's build from the inside out. Mm -hmm. And a lot of those pieces start to, you know, just come into themselves and without a lot of work when you go to the mm -hmm. root or the core of the issue. Yeah. How beautiful, though, to have, you know, this is the culmination of all of your training, all of your sacrifices throughout school, all the business sacrifices you made now combined with your experience and how how beautifully it's it's landed for you. It's it happy has. for you. Yeah, well, it has and it's a lot of work yeah. and it's ongoing work and and you talk about balance and I feel like you know that's an area that gets dicey mm -hmm. as well um, because you know you want more, you've built this and then you look at your hours in a week and um, and you say, oh my gosh, you know, is this, do, do I want to work this many hours in a week? So you're always trying to, you know, redirect and refine and, and reassess. Yes, yeah. yes, all the time. But I think that's life, right? Yeah. Sure. Um, but, and I feel like so many people get lost in that being overwhelmed <clears throat> and they, um, and they just continue to robot through it. And that's probably one of our biggest mistakes is, you know, don't let yourself drown. You have to right. take care of yourself and redirect. So um, you talked a little bit about the bioidentical hormone therapy, which is one of your services that you offer mm -hmm. here. And um, can you tell us a little bit about digestive health and what you do here for that? Sure. So um, <clears throat> that was that came probably before the bioidentical hormones. So colon hydrotherapy, when I owned that little shop of retail that I knew I hated retail, <laughs> the one thing I did find out from people walking in off the street is there's a huge population of constipated individuals out there. So I was always trying to find that perfect supplement, that perfect regime that would help get these people moving. Because as I was in school for uh, naturopathic medicine, I realized if that area of is if that system is not highly functioning, um, anything else I tell somebody to do is not going to work well if they're backed up. Um, and there's so many pieces of being constipated or having digestive issues, you know, and there's the brain fog. They don't absorb their supplements. They, they don't move properly. They're fatigued. Um, there's such a chain of events mm -hmm. that uh, occurs in the constipated individual. So I tripped upon a woman who teaches uh, colon hydrotherapy in Toronto, and she also trained. So I went up to Toronto and took a training, mm -hmm. again, something I would have never thought I would be doing, and learned colon hydrotherapy. Um, and so once I applied that to this facility, 
I was actually stunned at the outcome of people, um, of what it did, of how quickly they become mm -hmm. very in tune with their own bodies. That's my favorite part of this. And that first book that I wrote, Free Yourself from a Constipated Life, actually was those accumulation of those people that I had helped or they helped me. They taught me more than I could have ever learned out of any textbook, out of any training. Sure. Um, even medical school, I truly believe it was these individuals that taught me everything I knew and how to help people and acclimate because mm -hmm. we're all built very mm -hmm. differently. And our digestive health is really, I mean, we have a lot of science to prove that it is it is responsible for how every other system in our bodies functions. If our digestive health is off, as you said, everything is off. Well, the human body is amazing because it tolerates so much, right? Um, but then you, you, it comes a point where if you didn't have a great diet, you eat a lot of processed or fast foods, um, you, you consume a lot of sugar, um, all of a sudden, eventually, that that amazing body will hit a wall. Mm -hmm. And usually when you hit that wall, mm -hmm. it's a hard mm -hmm. hit. Um, it might start as little as some heartburn or just GERD, mm -hmm. um, and then all of a sudden the trickle down. The other issue I see all the time is uh, children who have been on, um, children or young adults, individuals who have been placed on many rounds of antibiotics mm -hmm. will usually end up with GI issues. Um, as a result of being over medicated with antibiotics. Mm -hmm. um, so that's a thing as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so you've got all this experience now with, with digestive health and colon health. And did you just one day say, I got to write this down? I got to put this in a book? How did that come so, about? So the story goes um, I had a friend. Well, she became a friend. She was a patient first. She became a a close friend, she came in for colon hydrotherapy. Um, she was a, um, a football player's wife. Um, I think he had retired at the time that I saw her first, so she might have been 40 at the time. Mm -hmm. Beautiful, stunning, beautiful girl, blonde hair, blue eyes. Just she would look the picture of health to me. However, she would tell me that she could go one to two weeks without having a bowel movement. And that literally took my breath away and I don't know how she could function and she had seen so many physicians and so many specialists um, and and I call it medical discrimination um, when you have a human being who's telling you they don't feel good sitting in front of you but because they look good they're kind of blown off a little bit and um, and I believe it, it truly is a thing um, that I I see unfortunately frequently in my practice um, but she didn't feel good. She had chronic headaches and just fatigue. Mm -hmm. So I started seeing her regularly, and we did a series of, I think, after almost 12 colonics, which is unheard of, by the way, um, <laughs> like one a week for 12 weeks. Mm -hmm. We finally got her moving, and she said it was the best she had ever felt in her life. Um, then in the off-season, she would move away, and when she came back to me that following year, she said the same thing was happening. Um, she wasn't moving at all. And she said, as a matter of fact, Kathy, I drank a half a bottle of castor oil and mag citrate, and I still haven't moved. And something in me said, okay, do not do a colonic on her. She's like, something's off here. Um, and I said, okay, just, just let's try this. Text me tomorrow. Let me know how you are feeling. I'm not comfortable right now doing a colonic on you because it took so long the last time, but something was off, and, and I'm so glad I listened to my intuition because I got a phone call from her friend the next morning saying she was rushed it to St. Joe's Hospital that previous night um, for a ruptured colon, and uh, she was currently in ICU. Hmm. Uh, she had lost a lot of blood, and uh, I thought to myself, oh, my God, thank God I listened to my intuition and didn't touch her because that would have precipitated that event, and I would have felt horrible. Of course. You would have assumed it was right, my fault. your service. Right. Yep. And uh, so through complications, she spent the next three months on life support. She tried to die a few times, so I oh would go and God. visit her. And, uh, and she ended up surviving. Um, and she's just living the most beautiful life now. But that experience was 
a bit traumatic. It was eye-opening. It was. It just made me feel like there was more of a reason to write this book mm -hmm. than anything mm -hmm. else in my life at that time. So that motivated and really sent that book um, into production. And uh, and so that's what I did. Does she know that she, she does was know. the inspiration? She does know that she was a very, very pivotal role. And there's a bunch of stories within the book yeah, as well. Of course. But she does know. And I keep in touch with her. And, oh, uh, I have chills. Yeah. And a beautiful story is when she was laying there in that drug-induced coma, I would sit there. I'd leave the hospital where I was at and go over mm -hmm. there at night after work and sit there. And the room was just quiet and dark. And all her machines are going on. And you know, you just pray she's going to pull through this. Um, and later on, as she recovered, she said to me, she goes, Kath, I knew you were there. I could feel it. And I wasn't feeling you from my body. I was up in the corner of the room and all the prayers and all everything. I could feel all of that. So, you know, if there's anything you could ever do to console somebody and, you know, let them know we, we hear it. Wow. I heard it. It's a beautiful, beautiful. story. Yes. Oh, yes. Just beautiful. With a really happy ending. Yes. Wow. Mm -hmm. So um, <clears throat> then, so your, your book was very successful. Mm -hmm. It's Yes. Yes. Um, successful in the, you know, um, the, the letters that I get. Mm -hmm. A lot of them are from people who don't even use email. So I get handwritten letters. Oh, how that lovely. Are, oh, so priceless. Mm -hmm. um, yes, and just success stories that you hear. Yeah. Um, volume wise, you know, a book is a book. And, you know, I wish those sales would just like spin out of control. Right. There's a lot more to that. Again, yeah. that's a business piece. Right, so I'm doing it for a purpose, a mission, um, and then probably I fail a little on that business mm -hmm. end of, you know, marketing, right. promoting. Right. You this. could be doing more. Yes, I really yeah. don't love talking about myself. <clears throat> yeah. I, you know, I'd rather focus. Let's focus on you right now. So that would be probably one of the. But it's there on Amazon. Yeah. I'm happy with it. Yeah. I, I'm so grateful for the award it it got. And if you help one person exactly that's it right? exactly and i that was part of my mission statement i've yeah. written a long time ago was yeah. just you know change the life of one person for the better and that's more than a lot of people can do yeah and i think when your heart is in it when your heart is in it you you really can't ever be disappointed or you can't go wrong your business might fail because of business things right you know but if your heart is in the right place, yes. you're, you're going to be okay. Yes, I think so. Um, tell me about, um, so then you had this body of knowledge on mm -hmm. the hormones. You had this knowledge. Now you have all this experience. And so was that just an easy segue into a book because you had done the first book? Or at what point did hormones? Oh, or, I'm oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Delivering sorry. babies. Yes, delivering yes. babies. Okay. You had actually more experience. Yeah. With, oh my gosh, yes. You had and, and the light decades. Goes, yeah, and the light goes on yeah. one day and says, hey, you know, I, I, I think I didn't hate writing a book. I, I That was kind of a cool process because, you know, not that I have a lot of downtime, but mm -hmm. there's certain points where, boom, it's like, okay, I feel like I'm in a writing mode. Yeah. And um, like, what could I, what could be my next project? Yeah. Because I seem to like to stack up projects for myself. <laughs> and I'm like, I, why wouldn't I write about labor and delivery? I have... I have a lot of stories, yeah. I have a lot of experience, um, and I had been cataloging like some of the most profound, beautiful, or horrific, mm -hmm. um, or sad stories, you know, I, I would go home and I'd write about them, mm -hmm. because, you know, even when I look back now and read some of those stories, I'm like, oh, I would have forgotten this. I would have totally forgotten this if mm -hmm. I had never written down. And what a beautiful story this ended up being. Wow, that's and neat that you were he, keeping those stories even before you had the, I didn't the book. Was, yeah. yeah, so I wrote that book, um, uh, and I had a nice yeah. you know, background for it. So then I just built it. Mm -hmm. And I feel like the one place where when you as a patient come on to the labor and delivery deck, um, and we are... We're different mindsets. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to help make that transmission. I mm -hmm. wanted, like, I think one of the chapters is how we judge you mm -hmm. um, or how and how you judge us. Mm -hmm. And um, 
And so I just started writing that book, and because you know, fear is a terrible thing, and it's it's it really it's it's false in so mm-hmm. many cases. Almost a hundred percent of the time, what you're mm-hmm. afraid of would never come to be, unless you're bringing it in on your own by law of attraction. And I felt like I just wanted to alleviate people's fear about labor and delivery, mm-hmm. and or sense of need to control, because I feel like a lot of people are disappointed because. They wanted to c- control so many aspects mm-hmm. of their experience that they didn't allow it to happen, mm-hmm. and that usually sends people into a tailspin. Sure, and uh, you know, and then they're disappointed in themselves or the establishment. Oh yeah, yeah. So I wanted to kind of crack yeah. that concrete. So much power in just the sharing of a story, which is the whole premise behind this girl puts out is. The sharing of the experience, the sharing of the stories is so powerful in terms of being able to comfort someone, um, alleviate fear, or just knowing that somebody else had an awful experience or right. had a great experience exactly. or, you know, uh, their their struggle leading up to delivery or, you know, what happened at the, at the hospital. Mm-hmm. I mean, that stuff is so powerful. Um, so I, it's wonderful that, that you were able to... It sounds like the book is more um, story-related than, it than technical. Yes, it's not. Because mm-hmm. I, I felt like there was a need for mm-hmm. that... Um, that perspective. Yes. So it's a different perspective yeah. than, you know, what to expect when you're yeah. expecting. Right. It's a little bit of raw labor and delivery. Yeah. Um, a couple of my best reviews came from women who have never even had children, Come which on. is so funny to me. That, that is great. But they could just appreciate, yeah. wow, this is pretty incredible. It's the stories that mm-hmm. people are after. That's yeah. people want, they are craving the authenticity and honesty. Don't you feel that in yes. the world? People want that. Yes, it's comforting. Either, you know, whether it's a good story or a bad mm-hmm. story, it, it just brings real life to the situation. And yes. um, I think the most important lesson would be, I, I don't think we have all that, you know, people like control. Mm-hmm. But once that's challenged, mm-hmm. you know, people tend to spin out of control. And we need to learn how to kind of step back Mm-hmm. from always wanting tight control of life situations and letting things go because typically they do go right. Yeah. Um, and it's usually us that puts the handicap sure. on that by trying to rein it all in tightly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love to hold tight control over uh, no. everything. <laughs> and, and, and I say like... That's a, what I do best. <laughs> A-type personalities. Um, you know, like type A, there's a stigma that goes with the type A personality. And I feel like in a good chunk of my life, I'm probably a very mm-hmm. type A personality. And yet I always strive to be that B, that chill B. And I can yeah. be very, you know, it's in um, periods of extreme adrenaline, mm-hmm. I find mm-hmm. my biggest chill. Um, I kind of go into like a Zen mode. But um, it's what makes people like you great. And, and for example, I use this analogy in the book uh, on push. I say, you know, for teachers, they're my least favorite labor patient on the planet. Because what makes them so magnificent in their life job, uh-huh. in their career, um, makes them failures in labor. Because they they like the planning. They like uh, you know they want the algorithm. They want yeah. the A to B to C. This is going to happen then then then, and and honestly, that's not how labor goes. So I find them more challenging mm-hmm. mentally in labor than physically. Um, give me the teenager, yeah. and because uh, she has no attachment and no expectations, no expectations, and her labor is the fastest. Yeah, yes, yeah, she's the best. Youth, again, youth yes, trumps youth. everything yep, yep, once yep. again. So um, I had started to ask you about, about. I had one more question about um, the hormones, and uh, I, I segued into your second book. I apologize for no, that. That's, uh, that's what happens when you read off your notes and yeah. you're not following close no, enough. A- so um, one more question about, about the hormones. What is the most common complaint 
you get um, from menopausal, perimenopausal women? What what are they looking for? What do they want? So it starts met perimenopause. <clears throat> so so I would define perimenopause as five to ten years prior to the stopping of your period, which would then define menopause a year after that point. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've learned a lot there too by taking care of women. But the most common complaint they come in uh, with is, you know, maybe their periods are irregular, but that's not the big complaint. Um, it's they're losing sleep. Mm-hmm. They are feeling anxious and it's not well placed. Like, you know, they never were an anxious person to begin with. And all of a sudden this is starting to be a running theme for them. Um, maybe the weight gain. Um, but just this sense of imbalance, because mm-hmm. what will happen is, um, you know, and I have a whole bunch of friends who are OBGYNs, and you just assume that a GYN person knows about hormones. And what I found out very quickly is they don't. And it's not no fault of their own. It's in their training. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the fallacies is if you don't need your uterus any longer for procreating or pregnancy, mm. then progesterone, you never need that again. And that couldn't be further for th- from the truth because as we approach perimenopause, the progesterone levels start to drop first mm-hmm. and the estrogen stays the same. So that gap creates insomnia, restlessness, anxiety. So in that perimenopausal field, mm. that progesterone can create a sense of balance once again because of if you end up in the wrong hands, you're going to end up on the sleeping pill, on the anti-anxiety oh my drug. Gosh. I mean, and and because your doctor, I'm I'm not offing them. I'm just saying it's it's just what they're going to platter up based on mm. your complaints. Right. So they're doing you know what's in their toolbox the best they can do to help you, because they don't really know mm-hmm. that we can get deeper mm-hmm. in and just balance you out again. Mm-hmm. Then on the other side of menopause. Now, the hot flashes and the insomnia are due to a dropping estrogen, so it's almost reverse what happens, mm-hmm. um, and then memory and skin and, um, you know, those complaints. So for me, the bioidentical hormone, um, it actually is, it's not such a Suzanne Summers kind of a keep me at my 28 and I'm going to stay young forever mm-hmm. and I'm going to have sex three times a day. No, that's not my purpose in this. My purpose in this is balance. I'm Mm -hmm. going to protect you against breast cancer because there's that big fallacy out there that hormones cause all Mm -hmm. that. Um, But that's when you're putting synthetic and natural into the same basket. So it's not true. So progesterone protects against breast cancer, um, very much so. And I just feel that piece is missing out there in the community. So So what actually can you just quickly describe what is a bioidentical hormone versus a synthetic hormone or right so it's it's a a naturally compounded uh hormone replacement um i use cream as the delivery um, because i feel it's consistent it's daily we can use very very low doses to achieve great things um, as opposed to synthetic like for example in the whole world of bioidentical replacement Oral estrogen is a big N-O because that's the one that will increase your risk for blood clots, strokes, certain types of cancer, Um, whereas the cream does not have that side effect or baggage that comes Mm -hmm. with it. Natural um, synthetic progesterone actually turns off our body's uh, production of natural progesterone, Mm -hmm. which is so calming and balancing to women. Um, so, So it's just finding the right combination um, and I use saliva testing to mm-hmm. detect what's going on um, typically you know it's a 10 panel test that you spit into four tubes and it looks at all your hormones it also looks at adrenal function because if I'm not thinking about adrenal or thyroid and all mm-hmm. of this I could be missing a huge mm-hmm. you know hunk of this piece but we're parted out in um, you know, you go to your primary physician and then your thyroid's a little off. You go see the endocrinologist. Mm-hmm. You're having hot flashes. Go see the GYN. And we become parted out into all these specialties and nobody's looking at us as a whole as human a whole. being. And and you really do need to step back and listen to them mm-hmm. and, and look at them as a whole. And that's where I feel like Western medicine is a bit of a failure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I agree. I will be making my appointment before I leave here today. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. Um, <laughs> So, um, okay, so 
Before we wrap okay. and give people information on how to find you and how to find your books, um, you already gave us some advice for women starting out in business. Learn, go to your local small business association, yes. right? Um, yes. Learn the business aspect. Mm-hmm. Um, prepare for rejection. Yes. <laughs> prepare for obstacles. Be open to paths that are in front of you that you're not even thinking right. of yet. Yes. Right. Be, just be open. Yes. Um, yeah, I, I guess I'm a big law of attraction girl. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always, you know, so what I do is I start to brainwash myself with tools. Mm-hmm. So I'm in the car a lot driving to the hospital or driving to the office. So I will use that time because, well, you know, I like to multitask. Um, so I'm driving, but I'm also learning. Yeah. And I will go on Amazon and I will look up audible books that actually apply to what I'm wanting to do, whether they be law of attraction, whether they be business, whether mm-hmm. they be motivational. Mm-hmm. And, and you start to fill your world with thinking differently and opening. And, and it's just amazing when you expand your horizons you know, there's a lot more on your horizon. Um, and it's helped me so much. Um, and it also helps me when I'm feeling stuck or yeah. feeling like I'm a failure yeah. or feeling like I don't think this is really what I wanted. Um, and then my my next piece of advice is let yourself, don't lose your creativity. Um, you know, you have to step back once in a while because it's so easy to drown in your mm-hmm. own life because you're busy and it, and and it's not bad things it's even with all good things um but sometimes you need to put something in there for yourself and i love to paint and so whenever i feel myself beginning to get stale or just you know i'm definitely not a go and just you know i'm not a boring I, that just drives me crazy so i always have to think of new things mm-hmm. Um, so then maybe I'll take an art class and paint a painting or two or three. And all of a sudden, my batteries are fully charged yeah. again. So you have to be very selfish sometimes mm-hmm. in taking that time to do something for yourself that, that allows your batteries to reset. Mm-hmm. And um, Because great things happen in that time mm-hmm. as well. Great ideas. Yes. Those are when my best ideas yeah. come out. Yeah. So take time. Take time to Absolutely. be creative. Take time to do something that, that can recharge you. It's a necessity. It is. Yeah. And, and so many women walk around in this adrenal fatigue world um, and don't know how to fix that mm-hmm. or reset themselves. And that's so important. And you do have time. Yeah. Even though you think you don't have time, right. you do have time. Yeah. Yes, yeah, we do. Yes. <laughs> we do. Yeah, we do. We do. Out of all the things you've done, I, this is going to be a hard question. Out of everything you've accomplished, what what would you say you are the most proud of? I have chills. Um, <laughs> it would be my family. Um, I, I, you know, I, I remember standing there in the church getting married at such a young age, looking back at that um, that church and saying, "I wonder how many people are placing bets on how long this will last." Because I was so young, that's what I was thinking on my wedding day. Um, but I just felt like, as in a lot of things in my life, I just followed my gut. I didn't try to rationalize why that wasn't a good idea at such a young age, which many people might do. It just felt right in the time, and I just keep going that way. And then I have these two amazing children. Um, my son Josh is 31. My daughter Sam is 29. And I'm so immensely proud of them because they don't fall into the mold where you have to go to college and you have to do this and you have to be like this to get a good job. They're kind of following their bliss too and it's actually working out well for both of them. Um, And I love the fact that they both live around here. I sail with my son every Tuesday night we race Um, and he loves having me on crew. Um, But so I'm most proud of those accomplishments um, in my life because, you know, we have been blessed. We we have a great house on the water, which had nothing to do with money, a, a podcast for a different day. Um, and um, so my life is full of that. But I think it's my family I'm most proud of. I love spending time with mm-hmm. them. We have fun. Um, uh, you know, and even as adults, I still am saying, I love this age. This is yeah. the best age. And I, I think I've said that at every point of their lives. Oh, so. that makes me hopeful because yeah. my little one is, I'm clinging on, you know, and I'm, I'm, I think it's keeping me from recognizing the 
wonders that are right in front of me at this current yes, age. Yes, yeah. you have to enjoy yeah. every every part of it. Yeah. And, you know, there's a growth process, yeah. right? Yes. So we all are going through it. But yeah. Oh well, we're certainly lucky um, as a community to have you in it and to have you have done all the things that you have for for us. Well, I, I feel like, you know, you hit that. I'm 55 now, and I feel like at 50, I kept saying, okay, 50 is, you know, book two. Yeah. Um, this is mine now. I mean, my kids are grown. My, um, you know, I own this. Yeah. So, you know, this is mine to do whatever I want with it. Aww. And, uh, you know, and, and downsizing might be part of that. Sure. So, you know, who knows? I mean, I... I, I think I know, and then there's other plans out there for me. So yeah, is there is there anything you can share with us that that you know is coming next in terms of um, projects? Or? Well, uh, yeah, ten years out. I always said I'm gonna now that I've written two books that are you know nonfiction. I think I might attempt a juicy romance or or a fiction novel um, with the basis of like labor and deliveries in there so I can Mm -hmm. detail it out with some of my favorite locations that I can detail out. So I said, you know what, I probably have it in me. So it's not a project that's full steam ahead. It's just back there on the burner. Um, Rolling around in your brain. It totally yeah. is. Yeah, it is. that's great. It is. Well, please let us know. I will. I will. Um, where can listeners find you and find your books? Okay, so Amazon has both books, mm-hmm. but you can also find me at um, www.journeyiihealth.com. Um, that's my work website. Um, there's also um, www.kathystack, and Kathy is C-A-T-H-I-S-T-A-C-K.com. Um, you can find me there. I also am on Facebook, so I Excellent. welcome your friendship, um, as long as, you know, you're all positive in there. <laughs> and, uh, you know, because that's my reality. I track that positive. And, uh, yeah, and, I'm, and I also am available by email. Uh, Kathy, C-A-T-H-I-626 at gmail.com. So if you have any questions, you know, I I don't hesitate in answering questions ever. That's very generous of you. Thank you. We're going to put all of your links on the website Mm -hmm. um, and on the podcast. So um, this was so much better than Zooming in my closet. Uh, I have to tell you, it uh, was great. It's a a little tight in here, but yes, it was nice seeing you in person. Thank you for doing this. Thank you for being open to this. And see, you may not have thought this was part of marketing, but you were open to this. Yes, this was fun. And I wish you all the best because I think this is a fabulous idea and I have a feeling it's going to bloom in directions you are unaware of as well. Yeah, Uh, well, um, I am open to the journey and to what comes from it. But um, all right, we're going to sign off. Kathy Stack, thank you so much for joining us on This Girl Puts Out. And uh, listeners, you've got her information. Reach out to Kathy um, or myself and I'll get you in touch. Thanks for listening. This Girl Puts Out is officially signing out. Thanks for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. And for more stories about real-life women, visit thisgirlputsout.com.